What's up, fantasy football peoples? We're back in Commission Podcast. Today, we're going to go over some basics on what to do during the season. How to build your roster. How to keep building it. I'm your friendly neighborhood, Kamish. And I'm Ricky Dave. All right. So let's get into it. So uh, first things first, like I was saying, how to build your roster and how to keep building it throughout the season. Now, depending on what you're playing, whether that's redraft slash keeper or dynasty, you're going to build a little bit differently. Uh, all that's going to go into that is waivers and trades. So first, we'll go ahead and go over waivers. Now, uh, with waivers, you're going to put in your claims on a Tuesday. So that's after everybody's played, like we talked about in the first episode. It's after everybody's played. And then all the claims are going to go through Wednesday morning at some time, depending on uh, what system you're using. So I think for ours, it goes through around 9, 10 o'clock in the morning on Sleeper. And I, I just left the regular settings there. And... That is your waiver day. So that's what you really want to pay attention to. That's when all your waivers can come through. The guys you really want and hope to get that you saw do something and that are still considered free agents. Now, the free agents are the free agents that are available within your actual league. So there are free agencies, uh, sorry, there are free agents in the NFL, like normal, like DeAndre Hopkins right now doesn't have a team. It's the same thing in your fantasy football leagues. Where they don't have a team, they're considered a free agent in your league. And that's what the waivers are for. Now, the reason that you have a waiver day that it goes through is because when you're putting in your waiver claims, you can only do that because all the players are locked. So you'll have a few days where they're open and you can just freely go ahead and and go pick players out. But then once the games start, whether that's on Sunday like a normal week, um, of course Thursday those guys are going to be locked in if they play Thursday. And then of course if a Saturday game happened. And then everybody else is available. But once they started playing in that week, they're locked until Wednesday morning. And that's just to give everybody a fair shot to put in a claim on that player. So the, the thing that comes into play there on Tuesday is keeping track of where your waiver priority is. Now, waiver priority, that's at the discretion of the actual commissioner. So like for me, the way I have it set is that we have... Uh, reverse standings order. So after every week ends, then the standings, whoever is in 12th place gets the top priority pick. And then um, whoever is in first place gets the 12th. And then when, whenever you actually use that claim, you get kicked back, but then next week it's going to reset anyway. So if your team's doing a little badly, then you have a higher chance of getting those guys to help your team out. Now, when you're doing that, how does it, for you, how do you go about it? I know how I do, but when you were trying to do it. In Dynasty, it is a bit different just because the free agency pool was smaller, but... It was, like, very small because, like, I just basically ignored it because there, was, there wasn't really anything good in there. It was, like, just... It's terrible. Like, it was, like, the, <laughs> bottom, the bottom of the barrel. It's, like, this guy had, like, negative points or whatever, but because I needed somebody, because I think I was in some free position where like one dude was benched the other dude was hurt and i had like nothing so it's like okay I need yeah something. yeah so you, yeah so you gotta try and they're like all right yeah so this piece of crap is available <laughs> would you like it or this slightly turd of a person i don't know yeah so so D- dynasty so, dynasty doesn't make that more difficult because the actual roster plus bench size your full roster is much bigger uh we started out with 25 and then i asked this offseason if everybody wanted to kick it up to 30 just because when we first drafted, that's a lot of players to draft, and it's a long time <laughs> to go through a full draft. So uh, I, I kept it. I capped it at twenty five the first year, and then we went up to thirty the second year. That this going this year that we're going into. So 
when you're doing a redraft, though, your rosters are much smaller. So your rosters, like with the mock draft that we did, we only had 16 spots. So that's not a lot, and that's a lot to play with compared to you know 25. If you have an average league and there's another 10 spots that, that get filled, that's over 100 players that are, that are taken off the board. So that makes it really, really tough. But when you're in just regular redraft or keeper league, that keeps a lot of it open, a lot of free agents open. So what you have to keep an eye out for are guys that get hurt, even if it's your guy that gets hurt. Um, and that's actually one of the strategies you could do when you draft is if you're worried about your main guy getting hurt to actually uh, pick up what's called the handcuff. So last year it would have been Ezekiel Elliott was the main guy and his handcuff would have been his backup. And that would have been Tony Pollard. Now Tony Pollard is actually the lead back, so that'd be different. And he doesn't really have a handcuff. It seems like it's all him. You could try to get one of his backups, but it's it's probably not going to be really worth it. But that, you could do that when it comes to running backs. With the wide receivers, not not so much. that You can kind of do that like I did with Mike Williams and the rookie that came in to where I kind of hope that the rookie does well, but Mike Williams there. And then if Mike Williams gets hurt, then hey, <laughs> I've got the rookie there. But you don't really want to plan that out as like, okay, I need to make sure that I have that handcuff because you're kind of capping what you can have on your roster itself. Because if you're just like, okay, I'm going to get these three running backs and then I'm going to get these other three running backs that are the handcuffs of them, then you're just, you're hurting yourself. <laughs> you just, you have wasted space on your roster that you could be putting other running backs or other wide receivers on there. Just that could really help your team. Uh, and then, like I said, with, with Dynasty, that makes the free agency pool smaller. But when you're doing redraft, the things to keep out for are like the guys that get hurt, whether it's your guy or someone else. And a good way to play the game is you don't necessarily need someone. But say if you had Ezekiel Elliott, like you did last year, and we were doing a redraft league, so the free agency pool is open. And by some miracle of a chance, Tony Pollard's available, which probably wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but but some miracle of a chance, Tony Pollard was, was available. Then what could have happened is if Ezekiel Elliott got hurt, and I could have been like, okay, I he got hurt this game. I'm going to try to use my waiver priority, if it's by chance higher, pick up Tony Pollard, and now I use him as trade bait for you. You got to play the game. Yeah. And and that, that comes in handy because that's another way to build your roster is just in general by trading. Now, uh, when it comes to actual waiver day and Tuesday, when you're doing it in Dynasty, like, like, he, like David was saying, it doesn't really... It's not really a big part of what's going on in Dynasty because there's not a big enough waiver pool. But when you're in redraft, then on Tuesday, that's when you kind of plan things out. And at least when I do it, I have a strategy. So my strategy is I know that whenever you're, whenever you're doing waivers, you're not just saying, oh, I'm going to put this guy on my roster. You have to drop somebody every time. And that's one thing you shouldn't do. I learned that early on when I started playing fantasy. Don't just be like, okay, I'm going to go pick this guy up tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm going to drop this guy today. Yeah, and that, that's, that's not a good way to play it because you might not get the player off of waivers. You don't necessarily want to do that. So you want to make sure that that little trade on waivers happens where you drop the guy that you want to drop but you also pick up the guys so you're not losing a roster spot if you drop the player before you get the waiver and you don't get the waiver claim now you're just down a player and on top of dropping a player whenever you drop that player it automatically goes into a different waiver pool so that that yeah yeah so it so if you went in on tuesday drop the player 
because you were hoping to get another player on Wednesday. That player you just dropped is now in the waiver pool. Yeah. That's not going to clear until uh, Friday, usually, so after the Thursday games. So you definitely have to be careful about that. Just wait and only drop only drop if you really, really need to, like you ran out of space because some guy came off your IR spot or something like that. Don't just drop because you're like, oh, I hate this player. Or like, oh, no, don't worry. I'm going to get this guy this off of waivers. Give me any points. <laughs> get him out of here. And, and fantasy football can be pretty emotional. I, I've definitely made some bad trades because I was like, ah, screw this. I even traded away Travis Kelsey because I was just like, ah, he did terrible. What's going on? <laughs> but in, in going on to, to, to my strategy, the way that I do it is – um, when we have waiver priorities, I use uh, that in mind where I know I'm going to have to drop a player. And I'm like, this is the top player that I want. This is the top player I'm willing to drop. So you start out with that. So you have that one set because you can put in as many waiver claims as you want, even if they're not going to go through. But you should plan it out. So say if, so say we're going back to uh, Ezekiel Elliott with Tony Pollard. You need to pick up Tony Pollard because Zeke is hurt, but you want to hold on to Zeke, so you don't need to drop him. you got some other player you want to drop. So that's your top priority. You set him up with Pollard as your top guy and drop whoever you want to drop. So you got player one you're willing to drop. That's your first set. You hope that goes through. If that doesn't go through, then you look at the second guy you want to try to pick up. So there's some other running back that you see. So maybe someone like Javante Williams if he, come, if he comes back healthy. Or like last year he was hurt, but let's just say you know he comes back healthy and you want to pick him up. He happens to be on the waiver wire. Then you go ahead and put him as your second guy, and in case that first one didn't go through, then the player you're willing to drop, you attach it to him and say, okay, I'm going to take Javante and drop this player. But if that first one went through and you can by chance get the second player, then you have to think about another player that you're willing to drop. So you start stacking it like a pyramid. So you have, you have the order of the guys that you're willing to drop, so the first, uh, willing to drop and willing to pick up. So say if you were going to pick up Tony Pollard, your first guy, if that doesn't go through, then you have Javante Williams, your second guy, with the first guy you willing to drop. But if if uh, Tony Pollard does go through, then you get Javante Williams with the second guy you willing to drop. So now you have Javante Williams as two claims, and Tony Pollard as one. And then you just keep stacking like that. In case the, the the ones above it don't go through, then the ones below it can. And you just keep going through and through and through. But if they all go through, then you make sure that you, that you have enough players to drop. Yeah, you, you just play it all. So I, I've had plenty of times where I've got like 12 waiver claims, but I'm really only going after like three or four players. And But but that's just because not all of them are going to go through. I hope that they do. And sometimes it's burned me because I've been like, oh, I'm going to need a quarterback. And then no one else went to go pick up a quarterback, and I've got like four quarterbacks on my team and I don't really <laughs> yeah, need. So sometimes it can backfire, but at least it's a good way to keep yourself prepared with the waiver priority and making sure that that – You've got multiple guys to go after because don't just eyeball in and just hone in on one guy that you really, really want and then not do anything else because there are plenty of other guys out there. And, you know, you can look at how other guys are playing in different rankings, how they played last game. And no matter what platform you're on, you'll be able to see that. You'll be able to see how they did in the past few games and their projection for the next one. Of course, you can look at uh, like rankings that we're going to put together or rankings in any other platforms going to do together like ESPN or NFL.com. They'll put all those together. And that's just a way to look at, okay, how is this one guy that might be on the waiver wire go pick up? And during the season, we'll, we'll, we'll help you guys out with that as far as putting guys you should look for that might be on your waivers. And we can, we can, it's easy to track that because you can look at like 
50% roster, like we talked about on the other episode, where the platform says, oh, 50% roster, 75% roster, or 100% rostered. Of course, those guys are going to be available, but those guys in like the 50 to 60 range, they might be avail- available to you. And it, it's it's been crazy sometimes that you don't even think about it, where you think everyone's paying enough attention. And one year I got Cooper Cup off the waiver wire. Yeah, he's like one of the top five receivers. And it, it, it was either the year before or um, on his breakout season. It might have been the year before. And it was just like, how did no one see this? Bam, there he is. And then I used that waiver priority because I had a bad first game to go pick up Cooper Cup. I mean, just because I'm a commissioner, I've been playing for a while, doesn't mean I'm going to be like the top team every week. Stuff happens. Especially that first week, you know, one, eight teams, or not eight teams, but six teams got to lose, six teams got to win if you're playing in a 12-team league. So it, 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 all come, it all comes down with luck, but just keep an eye for, for players and don't always hone in on one when you're trying to do that. Now, we use waiver priority, and to me that, 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 seems, that seems fair enough because I've also played with a different uh, way to do it and go about it, and that is with the free agency acquisition budget, or FAB which is what you'll typically hear, free agent budget, free agency, free agent acquisition budget. And all that means is that at the beginning of the season, everybody gets a set amount of money, pretend money, to use to be able to pick up free agents to get guys off the waiver. And what that also means is that unlike waiver priority, where there are some days where you can just go in and pick up a player no matter what, and you don't have to worry about waiting for Tuesday or waiting for Friday for some guys to clear waivers, um, you just... You just go in, pick up a player, but with Fab, everybody, every day has to make a claim. So like, if you want somebody, you can't just go in and say, oh, I want this player for this amount of money. You make a claim, but it's blind. So say say that, say that same case, Tony Pollard is available, and I know you want him, so I'm going to try to guess how much you're going to be willing to pay out of, out of that budget that you have. So I've played with a $100 budget. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it sounds loud, but it's fake money. Yeah. It's fake money. It's 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 fine. Uh, but I'm going to have to guess, okay, how badly do you really need to get Tony Pollard and how much am I willing to spend to keep him from you? So, okay, okay I guess higher than me. Mm-hmm. Probably past right, so I, I could guess that and I could guess 65. But then it could also burn me because you could be like, well, I didn't really need him that badly. <laughs> I was, I, 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 he didn't do it or he was only going to pay like 30 and then I'm out. 64 <laughs> fab dollars and i'm just like ah oh, crap oh well i've got him but it's it's one of those things you just got to play the game and and hope you win it's one of those things in fantasy where at, at times you're willing to just play like that little bit that five dollars that one dollar and just see what happens but then there's the times where you're like okay i know that this guy is going to take over or I know I got to keep this other team from getting this player. I'm gonna have to pay that that high high premium to get that guy out, and 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 be willing to take the hit if I uh, if I up the bet by like fifty over everyone else. And just like, well, crap, I just ate it. <laughs> so, but but one of the cool things in in using Fab is that you can also use that within trades. So you can actually add add money into trades and be like, hey, that uh, like it, okay, you want Tony Pollard. And then, okay, well, I want you to give me a wide receiver because I'm short on wide receivers. But to sweeten the deal, you're like, okay, I'll give you ten fab dollars, and give that over. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's just another way to do it. Uh, fab, whenever you're using that, the thing to keep track of is just don't spend it all all willy nilly. Just be like, there's that one guy I want in week two, and spend everything. <laughs> yeah, and, no one and, it on it. 
either no one bet on it or just you and the main point is you wasted everything you wasted yeah. your full hundred right, it's, yeah, that's for the whole that's for the whole season so the good thing the, the thing that you need to keep in mind is you want to make sure that you have something left like toward the playoffs and toward the end of the season at least a little bit because if everyone else imagine if everyone else did that and they wasted all the money in the first like five weeks and you have ten dollars left and then you could try to pick up a player using your fab dollars with a dollar and you'd get it because because a- after that point when there's when there's no money being put down to try to claim a player at that point it's just waiver priority mm-hmm. that takes over yeah. so however that waiver priority is set up um now uh, we'd already gone over this a little bit the differences when going through waivers uh, whether that's regular waiver priority or the fab budget in dynasty keeper and redraft is that Dynasty has that small pool, and Redraft has a gigantic pool. Uh, I mean, I say gigantic, but it's it's but definitely much bigger than than it would be in Dynasty. Uh, so uh, it was a long time ago when you actually did play play in the Redraft league. Yeah, and I, I didn't I didn't do a single thing, which is a bummer. Yeah, because I, I totally completely forgot about it so it just stayed out whenever it was set up for the whole season but uh that's what i'm excited to try to figure out uh the next time to do. well yeah because redraft is definitely more involved yeah in terms of what you have to keep track of we, we it's mainly just looking at the at the waivers just trying to see like what what can you get um because even even right after you do a draft, you might have those guys, those flyers at the end, where you're just like, let's see how this one guy does in week one, maybe week two, and if he's crap, then I know that I can use him as waiver fodder and just throw him out there and pick up another guy. Uh, but in Dynasty, you don't really have that option because you have so many players, all the players are taken, everyone else has a bunch of players. Uh, but another option to build your team is trading, which you and I ha- have done plenty of, We we're, and we're in Dynasty, so because of that, with Dynasty, um, you're going to be trading all year long. So Dynasty, a- as you know, we figured out last time, you had that light bulb moment where you're trying to build a Dynasty. Uh, you actually do play in the off season. Now, there's not much going on, but there's you can still do things. So during the regular season, you've got all the typicals of redraft, aside from the free agency pool being much smaller. But then you also have the off season where trades can happen. Cause now you have all these players. You have to think about how much value do they have for me next year and the year after that, and potentially a third year. So you have to look out a little bit farther because you are that GM that's trying to build that dynasty and keep your, your team valid. Or if you feel, okay, I know I'm not going to be winning anything for the next two years, but I've got a couple players that I could sell that are worth a lot. And I can just be like, Hey, give me this and give me some picks and that way you can rebuild your team, just like regular teams do, where they kind of have a fire sale, even though they're really not supposed to. They're not supposed to tank. That's against the rules. But you can you can kind of tank in, <laughs> in Dynasty football as long as you put up a competitive roster. Because if you're just throwing everything back and then you're just like, I'm planning to lose, then the commissioner, so like I, and the rest of the league could be like, yeah, he's just like bombing, so we're not going to give him that, that chance. Because sometimes... Uh, what what uh, leagues will actually do and commissioners will have set up is that that person that tanks all the way to the bottom gets that first pick. Now I don't have it set that way. I I want I want someone who's competitive to actually try to get that first pick. So that's why we have the consolation bracket fighting for that first pick. 
And then, of course, if you got into the playoffs, you're at the back end of the draft because you were one of the better teams. So you you should you should get you shouldn't have first pick of the new guys coming in, just like the regular NFL draft. But with trading in dynasty, that that's that's what's fun. So like we we've done that, and I think we talked about this on the last episode where, uh, or the episode before that, where you had gotten no, I I got Chris Godwin from you. I gave you Sammy Watkins, but that was mainly because okay. I don't really need Sammy Watkins, but I want Chris Godwin. But I know I'm going to have to wait on Chris Godwin. At least that was my thought. My thought was, okay, he's going to—you're not going to be able to do anything with him for half a year. Sammy Watkins, if he comes out as as the first wide receiver, the wide receiver one for the Packers, he should be good, and that will help you out. And I'll, I just, I have to take the the brunt of the hit with the half a season. I was like, okay, I can take that hit because I've got Cooper Cup on my team, so I was fine with that. But I was like, okay, I have to help you out. They gave you that, but I, but I really want Chris Godwin like that. That's who I was aiming for. Yeah. And then it turns out like it really burned him, but kind of that's <laughs> that's how fantasy is. Because I was just because there was it seemed like there was no one else. Because I think Alan Lazard was also hurt, and that was really the only other option at wide receiver one. Devonte Adams was gone, so I was like, who's it going to be? Okay, it should be Sammy Watkins. He should be at least a decent fantasy wide receiver two, high and wide receiver three. That was my hope. And then for me, I was just I was going to be losing eight weeks. That was my projection, but no, he came in week one. I was like, "Well, I'm not reversing this trade." Yeah, destroying. <laughs> I mean, well, you still got close. Granted, we're in the same division. Yeah, it was a, a tough call. Uh, yeah, I just it sucks because you just gotta be like on it because I was doing great. I beginning to check the team, and I'm like, "Oh, God, no, no, these they, guys aren't even playing." <laughs> well, they, they, this this was in the off season when that that trade happened. Oh, at the, yeah, and, and so this was in the offseason before we even started, and I saw that you had Chris Godwin. I was like, okay, I think I can get him because he's not going to play for half a season, and I, I can take that hit, and then I'll give you a player that should hopefully have a chance to at least do something. That didn't work out. <laughs> he just got up flopped. But that, that's, that's the risk you take because sometimes it can be whenever you trade that – it goes completely the other way where you're like, okay, I, I think, I think I'm going to win this. And then it turns out Chris Godwin's out for the entire year. And then I'm just completely bummed. And then you have a solid wide receiver too. And Sammy Watkins, and he does play decent yeah. and be like, well, I got burned on this one. <laughs> but when it comes to trading in fantasy football, you can't really think about it that way. Cause if you always try to go into a trade thinking, how do I win this trade? Then you're going to lose every time because nobody wants that. And, and people will be able to see if that's what you're aiming for. Because if I went in every trade saying, okay, I'm gonna, uh, I want to take uh, this, this receiver from you and I'm going to give you crap compensation, then you'll just be like, what do you mean? No. <laughs> Why would I do this trade? That's just silly. Uh, and you want to think about it as it has to be good for both teams. It has to be even. Now, there are players, obviously, that are worth more and will take – two, three players to replace them as far as value is concerned. But that's something that you have to gauge between you and the other person you're trading with. Uh, and trading in Dynasty obviously can happen in the offseason, but the same trading is viable when it comes to redraft and Dynasty in the regular season because trading is still going to have to happen. You're going to have players that get hurt. Um, you're going to have players that don't perform as well as you expected, players that just get old, hell, a player that just retires. Like if you had Andrew Luck a few years ago, he retired in the preseason. If you're playing Dynasty, you're just like, oh, well, 
I'm screwed. <laughs> Especially if you already had your rookie draft, you'd definitely be screwed. But with trading, you have to think about the value of those of the players and what that player is worth to you. So however you think about that in terms of of uh, a money value and you're like, this player is worth $1,000 to me and these other players are only worth 500 each, so you got to give me two of them. Something like that. And like I said, you just have to try to do that trading to where you're not, you want to win. You want to get the player you want to get, but you have to be willing to give something up. You can't just be like, I want everything, I want everything, I want everything. Because that's not going to work. Like uh, we had a trade with Jalen Waddell and Jalen Waddle was having had a decent season his rookie. Like, okay, he had a really good season his rookie year. Um, as far as a rookie is concerned, like he he had all the stats. I think he had the most catches by a rookie. He wasn't like a top ten wide receiver, but he was good, and you could see the potential. And then I think he started ne- the next year kind of slow. So I was like, okay, I think because of this, I might be able to go get him, and I'm going to give him some players that can help him out wide receiver wise that are low-end wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes, just to help him out. And all, and all that means, whenever I say that, is uh, in a typical 12-team league, your wide receiver one is uh, you know the top 12 wide receivers, and then your wide receiver twos are your top 24 wide receivers, and wide receiver threes are your top 36, and so on. And all that means is that kind of the projection of where you expect them to be as far as how they play. Um, and then, of course, if you talk about on a team itself, so like the Packers have their wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. It's kind of the same thing. Whoever's going to get the most targets, most um, most focal point from the uh, the quarterback or the defense, but still be able to perform that's your wide receiver one, and then your wide receiver two is the guy who's going to help him out, second fiddle, and so on. So it really just depends on which way you hear it. When we're talking about fantasy, that's what we're talking about. I'm expecting, okay, I'm, I, I'm hoping to get this, this wide receiver two from him that might be performing on the low end of two, high end of three. So I'm going to try to give him two. Uh, I think I gave you a wide receiver. I know I, I gave you Adam Thielen because Adam Thielen was always kind of a solid wide receiver three. He might get into that wide receiver two range. And I, like I said, I had Cooper Cup, so I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I just, I, I want to I wanna beef myself up and make sure that I'm like, have a solid team forming. So I was willing to get rid of Adam Thielen. I gave him someone else. But now, with the way he performed after he picked it up last season, um, and the fear that, oh, Tyreek Hill might might take away from his, the way he's able to play and his performance, that didn't happen. So the I, I, I was able to play on that a little bit, low performance, but my projection on, okay, I think he's going to pick it up and be fine and be able to get that player from him. Because if we try to do that now, no. Like, if anyone tried to come at me for Jalen Waddle, I'd be like, nah, dude, you got to give me a first-round pick. There's no way... <laughs> You have to give me at least a first-round pick and another player, possibly two, to be able to get this player. And that wasn't me trying to hurt him. It, it was just, like I said, I want this player and be like, who am I willing to part with? Because I was starting to trim down my wide receiver core to be able to get the to be able to get other players and build it up. But it's just one of those things you have to again play the game. What are you willing to sacrifice to get that player from another person or? Even if you're just going through the waivers, what are you willing to sacrifice? Who are you willing to drop to get another player? Um, uh, other trades when it comes to Dynasty, uh, besides redraft, because redraft you can use Fab in your trades. And like I just mentioned with Dynasty, adding in a pick. So with Dynasty, you do have your rookie picks. We have three rounds in the rookie drafts. And what that means is that you're able to trade 
up to three years out for your rookie drafts. We haven't done a rookie draft yet. We wait until the beginning of the season. Uh, well, right before the beginning of the season to actually do our rookie draft. But you can use those picks as trade value. So one of the other things that I did to be able to stack up picks and then use it later is I would pick up after a quarterback went down or it felt like he was about to go down, I'd pick up his backup. Get his backup. Need a quarterback? Bam, here you go. Quarterback, give me a pick. And it was usually a second or third round pick. Just something extra. And I, and I was able to build that up. And in doing so, that allowed me to then use those picks to then bump myself up uh, in the first round to the second pick and uh, the sixth pick, which is where I wanted to be. Now, I still have some third round picks, which in all actuality are kind of useless. You might get lucky with those picks, but it's really hard to gauge. You really want those first round picks if you can get them, or you use those to then trade to a team who's trying to rebuild to then get the high-end players. So say if you felt you're rebuilding and you still had uh, Jalen Waddle, he's like, you're only one of two good players, something like that. You could be like, all right, I've got got this, this trade bait here. I can use this to help build my team. Give me a first round pick this year and next year, and I'll give you I'll give you Waddle. Like you you could you can honestly throw that out as 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 a trade possibility. I don't even know if I would do that for for this year and next year because that's like I would want something now. Like give me your best, whatever. But 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 you have to think about it. If if you're rebuilding when it comes to dynasty, then you have to. If you want to get something now, but you're trying to rebuild your team, all you're doing is just putting a bandaid on it. So you need to you need to rebuild that foundation which you've lost because your team has fallen through the cracks, and it's like the same way with the NFL team. If if you if you have an NFL team that just keeps trying to go after big name players and they've got nothing else behind them because they threw away all their picks, kind of like the Rams did. So the Rams were just totally f them picks. They just kept giving away picks and getting high end players, which which worked. They got a Super Bowl one, and then the year after they went to crap <laughs> because they had they had no foundational pieces, and now this year. At least half of the roster is rookies. Yeah, so it, it it's that it, you have to think about it that way. To where okay, can I can I sacrifice my future to try to keep these high end players, or is my team not good enough to withstand that? Because you need you need an influx of rookies when it comes to dynasty. When you're doing redrafts, you don't think about it that way. You're just like nah. Yeah, <laughs> I need it now. I have a game going in a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, definitely. When you're doing redraft, you're you are thinking about now and only now. And when it comes to keeper, you the only future you have to think about is like, is this one of the guys I might want to try to keep for next season? That's all you have to think about. When dynasty, it's like, no, you take you give that trade. It's like, no, that trade that, that player's gone for you now. Yeah. At least when you at least when you do that kind of trade and redraft. Uh, in just full redraft and not keeper, you can be like, oh, I can get him next year. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Right. It's okay. This year, you can be someone else. <laughs> you can belong to him, but come next back year, to... Next you're mine. <laughs> I want you, boy. Uh, but with the with trading and, and, and doing like that and thinking about redraft, it, you still have that value system. The value system only changes in Dynasty because you're thinking about how much work did they have later on. So, like, Chris Godwin is a good player, but his worth is going to start declining because he's older. Jalen Waddle, his value's now gone up. So just like that trade where he kind of had a, a wonky start to his second season, it's only second season, now he's in his third, his value's just going to go up. Yeah, so it's... <laughs> I 
a good one. Another one bites the dust. <laughs> I mean, I can help you out if you want to try to get back in that first round, but I've been doing my best to get try to get as many picks in the first round this yeah, year as I it can. It takes so long to get the, the team back. Mine, I feel like, is a bit of a... A bit of a rebuild? Yeah, it's for sure a rebuild. Well, it, I don't really think I have... It's mainly because you have Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray is going to be out for so long. That's yeah. that's the tough part. Just a lot, a lot of holes in my boat. But you you have players that that you can sacrifice. You just have to to look them up and see what you can yeah. sacrifice. No, for sure, no, no, definitely. It's just I don't think you have any picks until like the third round. Yeah, I, I gave <laughs> out all my picks. I'm pretty sure it's it's gonna be rocky. Gonna be like, yeah. Oh <laughs> what am I gonna do? Uh. But as long as you have stuff to listen to and someone who can help you walk through that kind of stuff, like, is this trade good? Is it is it okay? Yeah. Like, I was able to get my dad uh, to give – he was able to get the first pick. And I, and I, I told him, like, the value because I, I, I jumped from three to two, and that was just to ensure that I got the quarterback I wanted. Uh, I, I don't really need Bijan, and he's the projected top pick. But my dad really needs a running back. Bijan Robinson, yeah. which yeah, he uh, I don't have him on the run because he's a rookie, oh. but he was drafted at seven, seven or eight, I can't remember which. Uh, yeah, by the Atlanta Falcons, and all they want to do is run, even if they're losing, they want to run the ball. And so he's the projected number one pick. So, uh, I. I told him, this is what I offered to try to jump to one. But that that was only for me to ensure that I can get the quarterback that I want. I could have gone for Bijan, but I was like, no, I, I, there's a quarterback I want, which was C.J. Shroud, and I want to ensure I get him. Now everybody's going to say, oh, well, why don't you go for Anthony Richardson? He's got so much more value because he's a running quarterback, and C.J. Shroud's not. C.J. Shroud can run when he needs to, and he might get like 300 yards. And Anthony Richardson, if he runs as much as anyone thinks, he might get like Lamar Jackson numbers, which is like 1,000 yards of rushing. But his accuracy is crap. And that's that's my problem. So I, I look at it as Anthony Richardson was able to get the the Florida Gators nowhere. And then they, you look at uh, Shane Steichen, who came over from Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts, who's now coaching the Colts. And he was able to get a lot out of Jalen Hurts, who had some accuracy issues, and he just kind of had, had to, to build himself up, but he was a running quarterback. But he got his team in Alabama to a championship. I, I don't remember if they won it or not, but he got the team to the championship, and then he got hurt, and Tua Tungavailoa took over. So everyone was like, oh, it's all about Tua. It's all about Tua. But it's like, no, Jalen Hurts was part of that. <laughs> and uh, so I have much more faith in the fact that he was able to do it with Jalen Hurts than he's able to do it with Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson might be good, but if his accuracy is bad, then – I've only got like half a quarterback. It's it, to me, it's not really worth it to try to go after Anthony Richardson. I, I don't see that value. Although a lot of other people be like, "No, go do that." It's like no, because in in Dynasty, you're not fully thinking like um, an NFL GM where you're thinking about like ten years down the line, which I was kind of falling into that trap a little bit. Where you're like, I need to build my team for ten years. No, so you're you're trying to build your team for like two to three years yeah. and and have that value for that short time and. Granted, I've got Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson, which are fine, but I believe that C.J. Stroud will have have better value 
more solid value at the very least with a higher floor than Anthony Richardson does. I, I, I just, I don't trust it. And a running quarterback, yeah, should have a high floor because they run, but I, I, I just, I don't trust him. Like he blew up the combine and had these crazy, crazy numbers. And everyone's just like, yeah, let's go get him. And it's just like, uh, no, <laughs> because it was actually like at, during the combine is when I made that trade. Cause I was also trying to, I was going for the, the second spot and the first spot. And like this whole spiel I was going on is, uh, I told my dad the value that I, I was throwing at it. So I threw out Trey Lance and Kirk Cousins plus um, two my two first-round picks. So the one that I got normally plus that three to jump to two or to jump to one. So I made it to both guys to see what they'd be willing to do. And one of them answered quickly, so I just took that one. So I jumped to two. And that was, like I said, just to ensure I got the guy I wanted. And if I jumped to one, it'd be the same thing. I, I don't think I'd be trying to go for Bijan because I, I wanted C.J. Stroud. And then I told my dad, this is the value I had. You don't have that many um, pieces to throw. So you look at the other person's team. And again, th- even though we're talking about Dynasty, this is the same idea when you're trying to do a trade and redraft. You say, okay, this is the guy that I want, but what does this other guy need that I can give him? So like with Jalen Waddle, I was like, okay, I want Jalen Waddle, but what do you really need at this time? I think if you Jamal Williams, that's what it was. And Jamal Williams was a beast for you. And then he started doing- I think, yeah, he had some bad games. And, like, and, I, I felt real good when he <laughs> traded me because I was like, oh, yeah, these guys are not too bad, good enough. And then as soon as I was, like, trying to use them, it's like, what? No, no. Tra- no. barely did the points. <laughs> no, no. I can't remember. No, I, I, like Adam, Adam Thielen, maybe, who was probably, like, capping at 10 points. Yeah. But, but, he's, but like I said, he's, like, a solid high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. and then, But he also has Justin Jefferson there. That's why. And Justin Jefferson is like the number one wide receiver in the league right now. But with Jamal Williams, he was just a beast. He just kept getting those goal line uh, rushes from the five, from the 10, and he was just getting them all. So he was a beast for you. There's some games he was getting like 20 plus points. So I'm sure you felt solid with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, but I think you're right. During the end of the season, he kind of fell off. Something, yeah. So I feel like if something happened, I think he gave me three dudes. Uh, no, I think in the draft, I, I, I well, not in the draft, in the trade, we don't, I only gave you two. Oh, it was two? Yeah. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's just crazy. But well, yeah. So I I looked at what he he needed a running back, and then I wanted to at least give him another wide receiver in return, even if it wasn't the same value of wide receiver. Now with my dad doing that first pick, we looked at who was there at number one, and I told my dad, okay, you're gonna have to uh, because I gave away two picks plus two players to jump up one spot, and that's just to ensure because Trey Lance, I don't trust anything he's doing, but maybe whoever I traded to him was gonna take him, and. Maybe he might think he's going to do something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but then I also gave him Kirk Cousins, which is a solid guy, but he's not going to be lasting for much longer. He's got Justin Jefferson, yes, but he's really just in that middle of the pack, and I wanted those high-end guys, or at least a rookie, to see what he's going to do like C.J. Stroud. So I told my dad, that's what I did. You don't have that value. So what uh, what you can do is give a first and a second, plus I think he gave him – I think he just gave him two tight ends. Because he had, like, no tight ends. He had no tight ends that were worthy. My dad had, like, four. Now, now, granted, tight ends are a onesie spot in, in fantasy football in general. But with that, he at least had guys like Greg Dulcich. He had, um, I think he had Logan Logan Thomas. No, not Logan Thomas. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but from the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, he had him. 
So he had those two guys. I was like, okay, you've got these two guys that are solid for you. Hold on to these guys. And then you have these other guys that are that are a little bit lower tier, but he needs them because he's got nothing. Now, if if I were him, the, the uh, our uncle who was in the first spot, I probably would have asked for more, but he just took it. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, cool. Yeah, bam. Um, and then to help my dad out, we did another trade since he lost two first picks and he only had one in the first two rounds. I was like, okay, I've got an extra second round pick. I'll give you one, but we'll do a trade to where everything balances out. And I got AJ Dillon. We swapped picks in the first round next year. And he got, I gave him Chris Godwin. And, um, what else did I give him? I can't remember. I, I gave him Chris Godwin and, and someone else. And that was just to, to balance things out. Cause I was like, okay, I want to help him out. Now, you don't necessarily have to do that because it's a competitive sport. <laughs> you don't have to be like, I'm going to help you out. It's going to be okay. Yeah. But it had to be fair to everyone else. That's why I was like, okay, at least give me someone to return. AJ Dillon, a solid running back, and I'm going to give – oh, yeah, I gave him Rashad Penny and another running back plus Chris Godwin, and we swapped picks, and I got AJ Dillon back. Yeah. Yeah. But at least the, the, the way that the – the, the reason that I did that was because I believe that his pick is going to be worth more than mine. Because if I do better than he does, my pick's later. Yeah. And if he has a, a bad season, he's going to be higher up. So that that gives me, that gives me more value. Now, when you're doing stuff like that in redraft, obviously you don't have picks to use. So that's stuff you got to think about. But you got to think about that that type of value. The same way that I was saying with my dad and our uncle on the first pick, like what does that other player need? That player needed tight ends. You've got a bunch. Have a couple tight ends and a couple picks. Get, bam, there you go. And and you probably saw that, but that's the best way to go about it at first if you're trying to aim for someone in a trade. And again, this is all just different ways to build your team. And trading is one of the best ways to do it. Last year in our redraft league, I actually drafted DeAndre Hopkins, and he was, um, unlike this season where he's a free agent, last season he was out for a, um, a PED violation. So that's uh, performance-enhancing drugs. So he was out for six weeks. But I drafted him knowing, okay, I can take the hit of holding on to this player because of the other players I drafted, so I'm going to hold on to DeAndre Hopkins. But someone else had a player I wanted, and he wanted DeAndre Hopkins. I was like, I held him out for five weeks. He's got one more weeks to go, but I really want this other player. And so, so I did it. But, right, it's that's how you play the game. What are you willing to part with to get what you want? Planning ahead, yeah. I'm planning, ahead. <laughs> planning ahead. That's another reason to trade, another reason to hit the waiver wire. So if your team is doing decent or doing well enough, and you're like, I'm going to get into playoffs, then you have to think about, okay, who can I trade that I know is going to do well in the playoffs? So that's another way to look at it. And it's the same thing when it looks when you're looking at defenses, because everybody should only have one defense. There's really no point in having two defenses. Yeah, well, we, but we did. I don't know why, because I felt like it was like me and Chris last year were just needing to pull – new defense like i don't know what i had the cowboys but for some weird reason Man, cowboys were a killer for you yeah yeah, yeah yeah but like something wasn't happening where i think i needed another defense because well they were probably on by okay were they, yeah that, yeah that yeah, yeah yeah they would have been on by so of course the whole okay, defense so, is off yeah so that's why i mean we had to have one and then i think chris needed the same thing well yeah and, and you only pick up a defense on that time when your your defense is on by until you start looking to the playoffs so if you don't have like a really solid defense that's going to do really well in the playoffs. Then you can go into the waiver wire 
and pre prepare for waiver day by picking up that defense where you most people when you look at the waiver wire they're looking at oh this guy just did well this past week so i want him for next week but what you're doing when it comes to playoffs is you're like okay i've got my defense right now but in three weeks in the second week of the the, the fantasy playoffs they're going to be okay, but this one defense has a really great mashup, so I want to go ahead and take that defense because no one's thinking that far ahead. Then it's like three or four weeks down the line. Right. Which is a definitely a good way to play, to play the game. And that's that's what I typically do now is if, if, I, if I feel solid about getting to the playoffs and I'm like, okay, I've got some spots I can use, I'm going to take one, maybe two defenses that I'm going to be playing specifically on these weeks when that happens. So you got to prepare. You gotta prepare. Yeah, that's a tough thing. Tough thing to prepare because I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It's just tough to think about. Like, well, like 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 I told you before is when when I would when I would try to bring people in, bring family into play, and I would explain it. I would explain it in the way that I do it. So this kind of stuff where I, I go minimally in depth. Saying like, okay, this is waivers, which do this, is what you pay attention to. This is what happens this day and this day. And to me, that's like that's pretty simple. Like that's just the basic stuff. And then they're like, oh god, that sounds complicated. Yeah. And then my dad explains it. He's like, oh, well, that's easy. Yeah, like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll play with you. You didn't say it like that. But but then you also have to worry about whenever you do that and you get the players that just don't do anything. So I mean, we've had another uncle who he just would sit there and then did nothing the whole season and I kicked him out the next year he had no idea Uncle David yeah Uncle David he, you are David yeah that's me <laughs> well yes you you, you also <laughs> that, that, that was part that was part yeah, of you I like, yeah. yeah I, I, I was I'm all in and then I'm like oh yeah fantasy football how's that going oh it's over <laughs> I wasn't even remember well uh that's why it's good to keep reminders to yourself. And and, yeah. and I and I believe Sleeper will actually like tell you a reminder. Yeah. If, if you have players missing from your lineup, they'll be like, hey, you no, should probably put someone in there. No, for sure. I was getting a bug of notifications. And then it's just like, what is that? Shut that off. And then you turn it off. And, <laughs> and then you forget. And you're like, ah, oh, crap. And, and as a commissioner, there's only so much you can do to keep people involved in what's going on. Yeah. It, it, well, you did it pretty well. You just sent the group text like the day before and you're like, no one's done nothing. Yeah, game's up. A lot of people with some empty uh, team spots. Well, and and that's that's what I try to do with with the newbies. Um, is like, hey, if you're new and you're missing someone, even if I'm playing against you, because I used to do that with everybody. Okay. And and in the first like two or three seasons, I I would actually, whenever we'd play, and they were missing someone on the on the roster spot or someone was on by. I'd be like, hey, I'm playing you this week, and you got someone that's off. You want to go ahead and put someone in there? Do something. I don't no. want to completely <laughs> just win by, like, destruction. <laughs> have some kind of effort. No, well, yeah, but now now I actually only do that with rookies, and if, if someone who's been playing in the league long enough for a while, I'm just like, well, you forgot. That's on you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but still, and that still has burned me. Like, I, I, played, I played Artia, and she didn't have a quarterback. Like one was on by and one she forgot to put in or something like that, and I and I lost. Those are pre games. It, it, it was nuts. So I lost. Dumb. I lost to the whole voodoo division. I lost to Brian like that somehow. I was like, what the crap? Like I know I didn't put in. I think a couple of dudes, but I think he didn't have like a lot more dudes on his team, and he still won. And I was like, what the crap? 
Like, <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was just ridiculous. Well, with with the Voodoo Squad, because I, I I played I played that whole division, which is my mom, Artia, and and my brother's girlfriend, and uh, when I played my mom, uh, what what happened? Oh yeah, I, I was projected like thirty points ahead of her at the beginning of the week. Like I I, I had a really good a really good team set up for that week, and then I lost by like eighty. It was a terrible, terrible week. Uh, it was a terrible projection. And you're, and, like, you're and, up ahead by thirty. No, you lost by. 80. And then and then with uh with my brother's girlfriend, I was projected to win probably by a good 15, 20 points. And she like wrecked you, right? No, yeah, it was only by a couple. It was only by a couple points because she had she had the Patriots defense who scored like two touchdowns or some crazy crap like that. And then and and then like I said with with Arthea, where she didn't have a quarterback and I still lost and I was like what is going on and, it's, and you, you can't you can't do anything yeah no those are I feel like just weird when those happen it's like no what's what's worse is when that happens in the playoffs yeah which is what the whole theater was right no no that was before the playoffs oh, I, 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 the playoffs. No, I I no I never do me justice I know I no, I I did I did play her again in the playoffs and she was still missing a player and I nearly lost again. I was like, Oh God. Oh God. But, but again, at least the way that I feel about it, it's like, if you've been playing long enough, I shouldn't have to remind you. Yeah, no, for sure. And that makes sense. And, and, and when we have enough new play, when we have new players, I always, for the first two or three weeks, I'll be like, Hey, it's waiver day or, you know, Hey, don't forget to set your lineups. And when it's on Sunday, uh, Thursday, or I let everyone know, Hey, Thursday night, these two teams are playing, check your guys. And that's just for the first few weeks, and that's like, okay, I've given you enough repetition. Yeah. Now you should be in, in the rhythm of what you're supposed to do. And then I also do a recap after every week, just fu- a funny little recap about what's going on. Those are good angels. Well, yeah. So, so, so I've heard from you and, and another cousin. Like, say my name again. You said that you're <laughs> like whatever, like you come up with on the fly, like oh, freaking. <laughs> Bussin' Brittany just wrecking, like wrecking the whole team, or I don't know whatever you said. Uh, and and I I do I just come with up with it on the fly. I'm yeah. just like, all right, all the games are done now. I gotta go through on Tuesday or Wednesday and let everyone know like this is what happened, and this is especially toward the playoffs like this is what's at stake. Yeah. Or and I can let people know like, hey, these 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 teams have it locked down. They're in the playoffs. These other teams are fighting for their spot. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's cool. It makes it definitely more interesting. And and that that's one thing that, that you can do as commissioner. If you have a commissioner that's just not paying attention and just like doesn't care about anybody, it's just like hey, especially if it's a money league and they're just wow. hey, well we don't play with money. We just play for the trophy and the bragging rights for the year. Unless I have to. <laughs> but if if you have a commissioner that's just like yeah, just pay your dues and get out of here and don't talk to me, then that's that's a boring commissioner. I'd, I'd say that, that why stay in that league. So I try to keep everyone engaged and be like, hey, this is what we're doing. Do y'all want to change this? Do you want to do that? And then while we're in season, like, hey, this is going on. Um, the these games were fun and blah blah. blah. I try to keep everyone in, involved, even if everyone's not responding back. At least let let everyone know like, hey, I'm here. And I always tell them, like, if you have any questions, especially for the new players, don't don't hesitate to ask. I'll let you know how to do stuff. It doesn't hurt to to ask anyone, even your commissioner, hey, what's going on? I don't know how to do this. If you're new to fantasy and your commissioner is just like, oh, no, I had to figure it out. You, you got to go figure it out. That's, that's a terrible way to play. Google it. Well, yeah, and they could say Google it. That's 
freaking terrible. But no, it's, it should be willing to answer your questions because fantasy on its on its basis is pretty simple. But then when you get into the nuance of, okay, well, what do I do at this point in time? What do I do at this point in time? Uh, how come I can't move this player around and do this? They can explain those things to you. Or if the if if they're willing and they're like, hey, I, I want to, uh, should I go pick up this player or should I put this player in my starting lineup versus my bench? Th- those are the kind of questions that you can ask and they should be willing to at least help you a little bit or at least point you in the right direction. But if they're just like, nah, pff, go away, <laughs> then then that that's no fun. I, I understand the really competitive leagues where it might be like that, where everybody knows exactly what they're doing and you don't need that kind of help. But if you're new to fantasy, you need a commissioner or at least another league mate that's going to try to help you out. Help a brother out. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I tried to do with no, you. It is. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Because yeah. then I just want to be fun. I just be like, yeah, all right. I, dudes are on the field. Let's go. Go Rangers. That's yeah. baseball. That's <laughs> baseball. You totally went off. And this is why we have a podcast with David, because David does not know enough football. Because yeah. <laughs> even a player like you can play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they feel very... <laughs> they feel encouraged. Football sounds fun. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't until I, I played fantasy football that I started paying more attention because I knew what was going on. I generally knew the divisions, and but I didn't really care about what they meant. And it wasn't until I started playing fantasy football and started learning the names and, and getting more and more information that I got more invested in football because... Which makes sense. Because when you're playing fantasy football, if if you're invested in more parts of it rather than just your one main team, then it to me it it helps make game days more fun because you might have a Thursday night game where your your main team's not playing so like you're a Cowboys fan I'm a I'm a Texans and and Raiders fan um, but if if they're not playing on Thursday then you and you've got fantasy guys playing there you go there's a reason to watch rather than just like oh, I don't care about this game yeah. screw it and then you just you, you watch it to see your guys score points. Now, the, the the times that it can burn you is I've gone to Texans games where I've had Saquon Barkley or I've had Christian McCaffrey, and they played those teams, and they're like, I, I need this guy to score, just just a touchdown. And, <laughs> like, not in this house. You shouldn't have picked that person. No, it wasn't even like that. It was oh. the other way around. It was the other way around. It was terrible because it'd be like, okay, he got two touchdowns, and he's getting the ball Every time on this drive, like it was nuts. There was a game where Christian McCaffrey, literally the ball went to him on every play of one drive and the Texans could not stop it. It was nuts. I'm just like, well, I like I shouldn't go to a live game with guys on the opposing team that I'm rooting for. It's 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 not helpful (laughs) because I even when I took Dean, I had uh, Travis Etienne on my team from the the. The Jacksonville Jaguars. And Travis Etienne had a great game, like 15 points at least. But again, he was playing the Texans, and I had the running back on the opposing team. So, of course, he went off, and my team just got destroyed. And I felt really bad when I brought Dean because I was just like, the last game that I went to was more exciting than this. This is terrible. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> like, ah, and I didn't even get to meet the cheerleaders. Is that all you go for? You just go for the cheerleaders? And that's what you guys went for. 
Not the main reason why you went, but you went and then they shut you down right before you get to the, the like, and this is where we're going to end the line right on these guys. Well, yeah, and it, what, they, they do do that because they're, they're like the, the cheerleader will be sitting back here behind the table and you want to take a picture, you got to sit, stand over there. Yeah, be like, please, for the love of God, say the person behind me is the end. The person behind me is the end. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, we've talked about basic roster building and whether that's keeper, uh, regular redraft or dynasty, and that's waivers, which is pretty slim comes to free agency, smaller pool and dynasty, bigger pool and redraft and keeper we talked about fab, which is your free agent acquisition budget budget. Um, and those ways that you can pick those players up off the, off the waiver wire. And then of course, trading. So trading is always available in dynasty. And always, I didn't go over this. You're just copying me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, 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 uh, but trading, trading is going to have a trade deadline, just like your N- the NFL does. And I have a trade deadline on the twelfth at the end of the twelfth week. So I match that up in both leagues, and that just means that at the end of November, uh, which usually hits uh, that trade deadline right after Thanksgiving, so that Friday. No more trades happen after that Friday. You have to get all your trades in. The reason being because you don't want collusion, which is like what happened in that one championship I lost. That was collusion. Totally collusion. Because they got Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Patrick Mahomes to play against me. And I was like, I've been struggling with trying to have a quarterback all freaking season. And then y'all do this to me. (laughs) Everybody give the best player to her. Yeah. She needs to lose. Well, it would have been my third in a row. That's why. (laughs) Bring him down, whatever it takes. <laughs> no, I hear you. Uh, so, right. yeah, so tra- trade deadline for sure. And then, of course, when it's in Dynasty, the trade deadline, uh, the trades open back up after the season ends. And then you can just trade away like normal. Um, but those are the best ways to build your roster. And really the only ways. And you can just try to do it without trading because we did that for a while, which is why I had left trading open. Because nobody traded. And that year, everyone started trading. I was like, I can't just switch this off now. But next season, I can do it. <laughs> but nobody traded before. Trading wasn't a thing. And and if you want the league to be more active, trading is a, a good way to do it. Because then everyone's going to see the trade that happens. Yeah. Everyone can react to it. That's what's lame. Uh, <laughs> if you were the only one reacting to it, there'd be like a trade going on. And you're like, I don't like this. Well, it, it's, it, it's a way to keep it active. So... If you feel like your your league's kind of dead, a trade might be a good way to do it. Where you, you just you do a minor trade with someone else yeah. that's really not going to hurt you, where you're not giving away one of your big names like a Cooper Cup or a Patrick Mahomes, yeah. and you're just like oh, I'm going to do this trade to try to get some people moving, and it might stir the pot a little bit to help people out. But it's to keep everyone involved because everyone's just like sticking to their own team and not doing anything <laughs> else. That's pretty boring. Because you have to remember that when, you, like I was saying, when you go into trades, you're not you're not trying to win the trade every time like i want this guy to lose i want everything from him and give him nothing that's not going to work it has to be compensatory where it goes that both sides win uh both sides get what they need to help out their teams um but that's just different ways to keep everybody involved and of course to keep your team being built because otherwise you're just going into waivers and that's you can only do so much with that it can help you can have some waiver wire waiver wire darlings that come up out of nowhere which like uh, Deshaun Watson, when he started his first season, I picked him up and he was he was great for that season until he got hurt, obviously. Um, 
it's easy on one that pops into my head right now, but but the, but they're they're definitely guys that that just pop up. Like I had gotten Cooper Cup, surprisingly, that one season uh, in the se- uh, in the second week. It's just like I, I have no idea why no one drafted him, but no one did, and nobody noticed. Because if someone had noticed, then they could have just picked him up without having to go through the waivers. Um, but as, as far as roster building is concerned, that's the way to keep it going, keep it moving, because. Just like the NFL, your roster has to respond to that where guys get injured, um, guys have health concerns, guys get suspended. You have to respond to it. Of course, you're going to have your bye weeks. You have to respond to that. So that's something you have to look forward to as well when it comes to looking at the waivers or trying to do trades. Like, I know my guy is going to be out in two weeks, but I really need that win come that week to get into the playoffs. So I got to do some kind of trade or pick up some guy off the waivers to help out that one week that I'm going to be out that guy. Uh, Do you have any other questions about this basic stuff that we've been going through no sir no 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 no. i think we covered all and you feeling more and more prepared about going into a redraft league for the second time actually the first time well i I don't (laughs) technically but he's 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 going in he's going in head first (laughs) going in head first this time rather than just like oh yeah fantasy football sure yeah no for sure no i'm Ready to start that up. Be like, all right, guys. Round one for the first time. And for I, reals this time. And for reals. And no do-overs. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the fun thing about what we're doing with that one is that it's going to have a smaller uh, number of league mates. So, yeah, it's uh, going to be having like, a stupid amount of people, right? Well, yeah. Like, for players. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 So, oh, I'm so, really expecting these 12. Why do I have to go for like another no, 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 not not, not that. No, no. What uh, all I'm saying is that uh, I only plan on having uh, about eight league eight league mates, so eight people playing, and, rather than twelve. Mm-hmm. So that opens up a bunch more spots. So that's four less four. teams that you have to worry about. So more people will have higher end players, okay. and that's just to get people more involved. And at least the way that I'm thinking about it is uh, potentially treating it like the Premier League and the Champions League over uh, in in England over there where they play and uh, people can be uh, derelegated or promoted between the leagues. So if you want that like high end, harder difficulty of having 12 teams versus eight and prove your worth, then you get promoted. And then if you did really bad, then you get deregulated and you get kicked back down to the the other league. But I just want to see, I just want to see how it goes. Uh, And, and, uh, well, we we have, we have to make sure we have to make sure that we have enough players to to get that in there because at least the way that I've been treating fantasy is that it's been keeping a lot of us connected, and fantasy will do that. Yeah, it's, I'm going good. yeah. people. Yeah, you just might as well just put yourself in there just to get us another person. So we have six people. We'll just need two more. But do you really want me to to to? be in both leagues if, if if deregulating and promoting is part of it how is that supposed to work i can't have two teams in one league that's not fair that's the point. so you have too much on your plate it's easier to take you down your mind all oh. plays it makes me feel better confidence boost i mean last year i played in three leagues i don't know what you mean well didn't do you very good in those three leagues did it i came up third and i came up first so what do you mean and uh, actually, actually, I came up third. I came up three, three, and one. Agree to disagree. 
Uh-huh, yeah, all right. We'll all see right. how it goes. This year, it's looking real good. <laughs> what? <is that? laughs> but by, by, by the sound of it, you're, you're, you're at least yeah. feeling somewhat confident about, For sure. about getting into all this stuff Knowledge, now. Knowledge, and that's half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> the rest is like... For the love of God, don't forget. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Check the bench! <laughs> Definitely. Do not forget to check to see if you have a player on yeah. by or chair we'll suspended or hurt. you, like, no doubt. It's just some freak accident. Like, oh, yeah, I'm playing, like, not the best um, person in our league. They don't even have all their people. And it's like, <laughs> what? They beat me? Yeah, th- those, those always burn. I can't remember who he even had. It was just... Weird. It was like what? Because it wasn't even by like a little bit. I think it was like a lot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Blows my mind. It is what it is. It's it's fantasy football. Gambling. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And if you're on money league, it's like real gambling. If not, then you're just gambling with your your heart because you're just like, ah, oh, but why? But that's what makes it fun is because you got the high highs and the low lows. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, so yeah, so we've gone over all that um, with your waivers, uh, trades, fab budget. If you go ahead and use that, and how that helps you to build your actual team, your roster throughout the season, and if you're in dynasty throughout the off season as well, it's always going to be there. So we'll end it there. I think we've hit on a lot today. Huh? Yes, yes, indeed. You feel confident? You feel good? Feeling great. <laughs> He's out ballers. <laughs> <laughs>